Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. –27 april 2017. Kära dagbok, igår var jag i Danmark och satt in ett embryo– –och idag har jag varit på ett seminarium eller en infoträff här hemma i Stockholm– –för en klinik i Sankt Petersburg och lyssnat på en läkare som heter Dr. Olga. Hon var så cool måste jag säga och hon lärde mig väldigt mycket om fertilitet– –och vad man har för möjlighet att bli gravid i min ålder. Och jag blir lite chockad över hur okunnig jag är– –och hur lite Danmark pratar om de siffror och så vidare som Dr. Olga gjorde– det var väldigt mycket att ta in. Men jag är inte beredd att ge upp mina egna ägg. Förhoppningsvis är jag ju gravid nu efter IVF i Danmark. Och dessutom verkar det ju helt galet att åka till Ryssland för att bli gravid. Hej och välkomna! Avsnitt 60 av podden Jag vill ha barn innebär som ni kära lyssnare vet att vi svarar på lyssnafrågor i en frågepodd. Och idag har vi ingen mindre än min läkare från Sankt Petersburg, Dr. Olga Saitsev som gäst. Men innan vi släpper in henne så vill jag berätta lite om att det är en ny månad och vi har nytt tema och det temat är donationer. Det finns ju många aspekter på det ämnet, spermidonation, äggdonation, embryodonation, alltså dubbeldonation som jag har gjort. Hur är det att vara donator, hur går det till och vad är det för personer som donerar? Om man lever med barnlängtan och av olika anledningar behöver en donation, vill man då själv välja sin donator? Hur gör man det? Hur ska man hantera om man som i Sverige inte alls kan välja? Hur gör man för att acceptera att man behöver använda någon annans ägg? Hur berättar man för barnet? Finns det etiska och moraliska aspekter att ta hänsyn till? Ja, ah, som ni fattar. Hur mycket intressanta frågor som helst. Och maila gärna era frågor, förslag på gäster och så vidare till info.jagvillabarn.com Och det är också verkligen ett tips att följa oss på Instagram på Jag vill ha barn. För att eh, vi har blivit mycket mer aktiva där nu för tiden. Och vi interagerar med er lyssnare och ber om tips och förslag och frågor och sådär. Så att eh, följ oss gärna där och... Eh, var en aktiv lyssnare. Och ni som också efterfrågar lite info om lilla liv så kommer det då och då någon liten bild och lite information där. Med förvarning såklart för dem som inte vill se. Jag måste också förvarna att hon är lite högljudd här i studion idag. Jag har ju sagt från allra första början att den här podden inte är en medicinsk podd och att jag och mina gäster inte är några experter och inte heller kommer bli det. Vi vill fokusera på den emotionella biten men jag har fått och fortsätter att få väldigt mycket medicinska frågor och nu när jag driver podden själv så har det ändå öppnats ett litet fönster tycker jag till att ta in någon eller några fertilitetsexperter. Idag är Olga här och kommande frågepodd alltså om tio avsnitt så kommer vi ha en svensk IVF-läkare från någon av de svenska klinikerna på plats så att vi också kan se skillnaderna. 
Det innebär dock inte att vi skiftar fokus eller att en massa andra möjliga experter kommer att bjudas in utan vi fortsätter att vara med de som längtar och deras emotionella resa. Att vi har Olga här idag innebär ju också att vi det vill säga jag måste podda på engelska. Vi får se hur det går med det. Jag kommer ändå att läsa frågorna på svenska. Olga har fått dem i förväg på engelska och så svarar hon på engelska och vi diskuterar på engelska. Ja, då var det dags. Hi Olga. Hi Silla. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time for my podcast and the listeners questions. How are you? Uh, thank you for having invited me. Of Means course. a lot for me. I'm fine. You're fine? For a while. Really? Yeah. <laughs> for those uh, who don't know you as well as I do, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up where you are today? I was born in Ukraine. I came to St. Petersburg when I was 17, went to university, got medical doctor, went to Germany, got my postgraduate training, became IVF doctor. I was employed by Ava Petr in 2004. Uh, started international department there and uh, this worked until uh, some time ago and three weeks ago we have started Olga Fertility Clinic together with the whole team. Yes, that's fantastic. Jag kan säga till er lyssnare att det är ju det som jag pratar om i reklamspotten som går just nu. Okay, can I also ask you some uh, personal questions? Try. Uh, do you have a husband? Yes. Do you have children? Yes. This is quite funny because we've been talking in the podcast if that's a question that is okay or not. And I have said in the previous episode that it's not an okay question, but still I wanted to ask you because I think the listeners want to know. How many kids do you have? I have two kids and uh, I think this is a very nice question to talk about (laughs) personal life for a while. Since I would say the last 15 years, uh, 90% of my time I talk about my professional life with clients and with colleagues. I have two kids, uh, Mike is uh, nine and Andy is six and uh, we are married uh, with my husband since 2007. He was actually the one who dragged me back home to Russia from Germany where I have got quite a good contract to stay and work as a doctor in University Clinic Kiel in 2003-2004. And your husband has some kind of, uh, he likes Sweden, He, he likes to go skiing in Sweden. Yeah, he takes kids uh, every uh, Easter time. He takes them either to Sweden or to Finland or to Norway, uh, skiing and snowboarding. And every year I use this week to take (laughs) five or seven seminars in a row. So as soon as my kids say, mommy, goodbye. So I just jump in the shower, then in the airplane. And then I arrive a couple of hours before they arrive from their skiing just to say, oh, I was waiting for you the whole week. I was missing you so much. But at the same time, I have already done five or seven seminars and uh, I'm back. That's perfect. I think you are some some kind of a workaholic. Uh, can I get treatment? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> you are very passionate and driven in your line of work. Yes, I hope still so, yes. Yes. Okay, so we have got a lot of questions from the listeners, uh, too many. Uh, And if we have extra time, I'm going to add some questions because I have a lot of questions too, but I don't think we will even get to those. Uh, We'll see where we end up. Okay, Olga, are you ready? Should we get started? Of course. Hey, Olga. 
Jag hänger inte riktigt med i de olika alternativen till behandling och ser vad är det för skillnad på IVF med egna ägg, äggdonation, embryodonation och embryoadoption? Finns det någon mer behandling som jag missat? Tacksam för klargöring kring detta med vänlig hänsling, Lisa. So basically all these treatments are IVF which means eggs are grown taken out of the female body fertilized with some sperm grown in the lab five days and then one is transferred back to the uterus the rest are frozen depending on which egg and which sperm is used this may be IVF with own egg and own partner sperm or husband sperm so very easy or this can be IVF with own eggs and donor sperm this can be IVF with donor egg and husband sperm for example woman 44 plus or woman who is younger but has had so many IVF attempts that the chance of success with own eggs becomes unrealistic embryo adoption or embryo donation these are synonyms it's just adoption means i take it for me donation means someone donates it for someone this is our embryo bank which donates embryos for the recipient who is usually a single woman in the age 44 plus because like she me. needs both uh, are you so old no i'm not no. <laughs> <laughs> but that's 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 also what i have to explain that yeah. either 44 and older so that the chance of finding eggs with normal amount of chromosomes becomes very very low or women younger than 44 but who have already had so many attempts or produce that little amount of eggs that success becomes very very improbable that's me yes so with embryo donation or embryo adoption this is synonym it's just depending that <laughs> to whom it relates so it if it is from the view of recipient this is embryo adoption or if it is from the view of donator which is embryo bank this is embryo donation yeah uh, what is the difference between embryo adoption or egg plus sperm donation technically there is no difference because this is egg from the donor and sperm from the donor egg plus sperm donation means that the patient asks to create the whole IVF cycle on her own behalf so that the egg donor donates to her and the sperm donor donates to her and all these 10-15 eggs are her property and all resulted embryos as well so that she can have fresh transfer of one of those and freeze the rest for potential second third attempt or a sibling. This is egg and sperm donation. But I would say that many single women prefer to use this embryo adoption because then they don't have to carry costs for the whole IVF attempt with donor egg and donor sperm. This is our embryo bank, which carries these costs to create these high quality blastocysts. And the patient can adopt one embryo from this embryo bank at significantly lower cost. Yeah. Also, advantage is that if there was no success with embryo in combination A plus B, 
the patient is not stuck inside unsuccessful combination maybe, and the next time she can ask us to choose an embryo C plus D or E plus F, yeah. and she achieves success very soon. So basically these are all options. It's a higher success for less money, the embryo adoption. Yes. So And that was the package that I took. Hej, hur kommer det att ni använder spermier från Danmark? Many patients, especially single women, prefer to have uh, open sperm donor. And uh, most of patients, couples or single women, prefer to have extended profile with photographs. When we have been a part of Ava Petter Clinic, we have used Ava Petter Sperm Bank, which provides only basic profile. That means for, that for patients who were interested in extended profile or open donor, we had to order from somewhere else, and we have chosen European Sperm Bank. Yeah. Now we have started very nice collaboration with a sperm bank in Moscow. Okay. Uh, the difference between donors in uh, Russia and donors... Um, in other countries is that Russia still prefers donors who have own children. So soon we will be able to offer our patients as alternative extended profile, open or closed sperm donors from uh, Russia. Ah, uh, okay. So there will be this as alternative to European sperm bank as well. And how come you choose uh, European sperm bank? We have uh, t- had talks with uh, several German sperm banks, with cryos, with European sperm banks. We have done a uh, comparison of profiles. We have talked to colleagues. So we, we have chosen European sperm bank also on the quality. And yeah, so yeah. we do not regret so far. Good. Med anledning av det som Olga sa här i svaret innan att... Um hon odlar alla embryorna till dag fem eller blastocyst som hon kallar för så har vi också fått en fråga på Instagram som säger så här Hej, min läkare i Sverige sätter alltid in våra embryon på dag två Ni sätter alltid in på dag fem om jag har förstått rätt Min läkare har sagt att ett embryo mår bättre in i livmoden än i ett labb Stämmer det? Vill gärna höra dina åsikter om detta. Tack på förhand. Uh, I would say that in contemporary lab uh, conditions in incubator together with uh, current nutrition media look a little bit like a beautiful aquarium with uh, beautiful flowers in comparison <laughs> to uh, a hostile ocean which is the uterus. Yeah. So uh, saying that the embryo feels much better in your uterus than in my lab doesn't say much good about the lab, sorry. Yeah. Contemporary lab conditions are now a little bit better than uh, the situation in vivo, in the body. Mm. We all notice this, and probably this is due to era of PGS, genetic screening of embryos at blastocyst stage. All clinics in the countries where genetic screening of embryos is allowed... Yeah. are very keen on growing blastocysts as many as possible. And blastocyst the, is always five days, right? Yes. Yeah. Because if there is no blastocysts, then there is no way to do genetic screening of embryos. And we should be open. It is also the commercial question whether a clinic is able to provide this service or not. 
Yeah. So everyone who can do genetic screening of embryos is buying very expensive and very high quality nutrition media and incubators. So today it is impossible to say that embryo feels much better in the uterus. Yeah, if you have that high quality technique as you have in your lab. Yeah, in my, it's it's many many clinics. Yeah, which have that. Uh, this, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's just standard routine. Are there any disadvantages with uh, uh, growing the embryo uh, up until day five? The disadvantage is that there may be no embryos available for transfer. And uh, this is uh, probably not good for Swedish public system since this cycle can be completed probably only when transfer is completed. But for uh, private uh, medical practice, uh, the only disadvantage is emotional, psychological, that patient was looking forward to having embryo back, but then she finds out there is no embryo on day five. Okay. And this may be the situation for the patient who is doing her IVF first or second time. But we have patients who come to us after multiple unsuccessful attempts with transfers, yeah. usually day two or three. And they tell us that they would better have no embryo at all, rather have high hopes and then uh, hopes, uh, yeah, no more hopes anymore by negative pregnancy test. Can you grow the embryos even longer, like to, until day six or seven or eight? Uh, usually with normal embryonic development speed, embryos should become a blastocyst on day five. Yeah. This is a little sphere inside egg membrane, which is empty, only a little bug is gluing on the wall of the sphere from inside, and this is the future embryo. And this sphere is the future placenta. After this, soon the membrane of the egg will be diluted by this placenta and the embryo will want to get out of this membrane, which is called hatching. When embryo has hatched, it has to catch the ground, which is endometrium. By normal speed, day six is already too late for transfer or for freezing, especially for freezing because embryo is so much more fragile without this membrane, which covers it. So day five is optimal, but of course, if the speed is a bit lower, then there may be some embryos turning into blastocysts on day six. And this is why we continue watching embryos in the culture until the end of day six. For example, there was some or several embryos on day five. We have frozen them or Mm -hmm. transferred and Mm -hmm. we continue. And then in the end of day six, we are finished. Embryos feel very good in the lab today in contemporary lab so that even natural selection is not going so strict. You cannot save a pregnancy by putting in the embryo in on day two, right? No. Exactly. Som ni hörde nu i svaret på förra frågan så pratade Olga om PGS och det är någonting som vi har pratat om här i podden innan och vi har också fått en fråga från Instagram som säger så här. Hej, här kommer en fråga till Olga. Kan du berätta om PGS och för vem det kan hjälpa? Varför tror du att det inte är tillåtet i Sverige? PGS, this is pre-implantation genetic screening. 
that means genetic screening on embryo before implantation, basically on day five. The piece of this external cell mass, this little sphere which I have just mentioned, is taken and DNA is extracted and tested, which should have normally 23 chromosome pairs. After little piece of placenta is biopsied, embryo is frozen immediately so that it is possible to stop time for the embryo. In ideal world, everyone should benefit from PGS because even younger women, such as egg donors, have maybe one in six eggs abnormal. Yeah, so that's in the natural process. Also, if we would test their embryos genetically. Yeah. So in ideal world, reducing the proportion of abnormal embryos is good for everyone. But this is still at the cost of some traumatization of the embryo, because evidently picking up some cells from outer cell mass reduces the surface of interaction of this embryo with endometrium. So what's the benefit of confirming embryo being normal if this reduces this embryo liability and implantation chances? Mm. So empirically, based on huge amount of data, which was published by Americans and then other uh, countries have contributed as well, women who are 35 and younger using their own eggs or egg donation embryo adoption cycles do not benefit from PGS mm. because proportion of abnormal embryos is not that high. Yeah. So it's better to have maybe some abnormal embryos in the pool, which will not just take, but so that if it is normal embryo, it is not traumatized and has maximum aggressivity and capability to implant. But women who are older than 35, they have already more than half of the ablastocysts have an abnormal amount of chromosome, which means they are predetermined to implantation failure. Yeah. And these women have increased live birth rates per embryo transfer if PGS has been done. Yeah, perfect. And is there like an above level if you are even Yes, older? thank you. In the age of 44, whatever we tried, we did a lot of cycles and the same the rest of the world. It is almost impossible to find normal embryos if the eggs come from the woman 44 and older. And these women may have blastocysts and they may have quite a few, but there are no normal found. So it is the test for the sake of the test. So uh, it is very expensive way of deciding to move to egg donation. So yeah. we prefer to give our patients age 44 and older educational meetings with all the statistics and also, of course, psychological support to save thousands of euros, which they could have spent to just get this stamp, PGS, abnormal, go for egg donation. Yeah. So they don't have to do their own trial. They may base their decision on multiple trials, which have been done by others. Yeah. And this, this was the exact help that I got uh, to stop trying to do with my own eggs and move to an egg donor instead. And the last question, why do you think it's not allowed in Sweden? That's what I don't know. Uh, everything usually has this historical background. For example, I know that in Germany PGS wasn't allowed 
because uh, of the history of the Second World War, because in a way, genetic testing on embryos, this is selection, which is a bad word in German language, historically. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, anyway, PGS is now allowed in Germany in some patient groups, and it was one prominent doctor, uh, his name is Blöschle, he has done PGS in his clinic, even if it was forbidden, mm-hmm. created healthy okay. child, okay. went to court, accused himself, won the case. Are you kidding me? I didn't know I this. have his book. I have his book in our library, new clinic. So it's amazing. I wanted to add when you said it was me, when uh, we have given educational information about mm-hmm. uh, incidents of abnormal embryos. So with you, it was a little bit different. Due to age, there could have been normal embryos available. But yes. due to low amount of eggs produced, the amount of attempts to find these normal embryos yeah. was already unrealistic. And when you and I counted how many times you should have picked up your eggs to have statistically sufficient group of study to find a normal embryo, so you said no. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I often say this in the podcast that this is the best advice I've gotten during my whole process uh, that you gave me the like statistic probability uh, in figures for me to use my little brain and decide for myself what's the best uh, way to go here instead of as before. Oh, just try another one. Just try another one. So. In this way, I could make like a, a smart and educational decision. I think that was the only way. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, we could have ended up being yeah, 44, 45 still looking for these eggs. I mean, how long this may last. Exactly. And instead, I have this five-month-old miracle already <laughs> yes. and you could you could have you could have been still in your egg exactly. retrievals and exactly. transfers oh my that's, god that's true oh my god everything that you all the statistics and all the reports and everything that you have as information for you to make decisions how you should do things at your clinic you you mentioned that there are several reports from USA and you're also doing your own findings right could you do just in general where do you get your evidence from uh, we are members of European Society of Human Reproduction and American Society of Reproductive Medicine so they send newsletters they publish they make meta-analysis and this is the most reliable information because it is thousands of cycles And of course, it's very good just to see, okay, where are we in comparison to this? Are we a little bit better? Are we a little bit worse? So if we are a little bit worse, it's very good just to jump a little bit higher. If we are sometimes a little bit better, which we quite often see, I mean, we are also like not wearing rose glasses because they have thousands of cases. So this is reliable statistics. So we have hundreds of cases. So our group is just smaller. Här kommer en fråga. Hej, hur har ni kommit fram till att det emotionella är det stora för patienter som åker till er? Och hur jobbar ni med det? Um, patients who come to us are not beginner patients. They have a huge uh, sack of experiences related to unsuccessful fertility treatment on their back. And they have a lot of pain in their heart, which make them sometimes unable to listen and hear 
to all the necessary educational, medical information they have to get to make the right decision. So many patients who come to us are exhausted mentally and emotionally. That's why we have three full-time perinatal psychologists working with you so that they get you back to being able to decide for yourself what is best for yourself, taking informed decisions, not emotional decisions, which sometimes drive our patients further and further without thinking, reflecting and considering alternatives. Perfect. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Och nästa fråga rör lite det vi har pratat om här så vi tar den nu. Det är också en fråga på Instagram som säger så här. Hej, jag har förstått att ni vid AVF med egna ägg har börjat med ägguttag i en cykel och insättning i en annan. Hur kommer det sig och varför verkar ni vara den enda kliniken som gör så? Naturally, development of embryo and development of lining in the uterus are synchronized. At ovulation, egg is released and hopefully is fertilized. And at the same time, progesterone production begins, which times receptivity of endometrium to this embryo. We should keep in mind that embryo is not just digging in the lining. There are receptors which recognize each other on both sides. Receptors of the endometrium recognize receptors on the embryo. And, exp- and appearance of these receptors are at embryonic hatching, which means day six after ovulation, and an endometrium at the same time. And this is timed by progesterone production, which starts at ovulation. Day six after progesterone production begins is the receptive time for endometrium, and this lasts maybe 24, 48 hours. What happens during ovarian stimulation? especially with high dosages. Very often, progesterone production in the ovaries begins before ovulation, which is egg retrieval. Normally, endometrium is ready to recognize embryo six days after ovulation or six days after progesterone begin. The problem is that in high-dose stimulations during IVF, progesterone production from ovaries may start several days earlier than egg retrieval, which is ovulation. Some women start producing progesterone already three or four days before egg retrieval. And that means that endometrium will be ready to recognize embryo not on day six after ovulation, but three, four days before. 
And this is when embryo is not ready yet, it has not hatched yet. So when embryo is ready, the endometrium is not interested anymore. Discrepancy between endometrial readiness to implantation and embryo's readiness to implantation is one of the most frequent reasons of implantation failure in fresh IVF cycles. There are quite a few studies when working with own eggs, which show that live birth rates per embryo transfer were higher in frozen embryo transfers rather than in fresh. And this has nothing to do with embryos enjoying freezing solving, not at all. <laughs> it's just that in fresh cycle, the readiness of lining has already run away. It is too late when embryo is coming. But yeah. if one would stop time for the embryo and then create, create an ideal cycle with specifically timed implantation window on day X, then it is the maximum success rate. And that makes it easy in a way, doing one task at a time. Yeah. So that we can focus on growing eggs, even if it may take a couple of days more. And we see that progesterone production has gone up. We don't care because we don't plan to transfer embryo in this cycle. So we focus purely on amount and size of follicles and pick up eggs at the best day to have maximum amount of mature eggs. I mean, to me, this seems so very logic that uh, for the body, it's two different uh, things to do. One thing is to get a good embryo and the other one is to help the uterus keep the embryo. So why is it that it's only you who does this? Uh, it, the studies do not come from us. This is clinical routine. It is a lot of this done internationally in okay. the UK, States and Spain. They also use different cycles. Uh, yes, they also do different cycles and this can be done on differentiative way. That means we just test progesterone two days before egg retrieval. If it is low, go ahead with fresh transfer. If it is high, freeze and uh, go with uh, frozen embryos uh, uh, one cycle later. And this is what is possible to do for women who live next door. So they yeah. will not be frustrated if it is consolation of fresh transfer. But I can imagine a Swedish woman who has taken vacation for two weeks to get post fresh egg retrieval and fresh transfer. And then it mm. is cancelled and her next vacation is maybe next year. Yeah. So uh, in our standard process, we just recommend to uh, plan frozen transfer in the cycle after And uh, this is only two days, which we want patient to come. So this is connected to weekend. So yeah. in terms of patient management, it helps uh, a lot to reduce duration of stay and to have reliable success rate for everyone. Om ni tycker att det är svårt att hänga med, för nu är vi ju inne på väldigt specifika detaljer. Så det vi pratar om här är alltså att det är två olika processer. En att få ett bra embryo och en annan att stoppa tillbaka embryot i livmoden och det som Olga pratar om när hon pratar om the lining och the endometrium det är alltså slemhinnan i livmoden för det är den som avgör om embryot kommer att fastna. Okej, nästa fråga eh, kommer från en lyssnare som skriver så här. Hej Silla, tack för en fantastisk podd. Kan inte nog tacka för din glädje och hur mycket podden har hjälpt mig. Jag och min man har fått vår efterlängtade dotter idag tre månader efter äggdonation i Riga. Innan dess gjorde vi sju IVF i Sverige och två äggdonationsförsök i Finland. Jag upplever att Lettland, säkert också Ryssland och en del andra länder 
är mycket mer aggressiva i sin medicinering. Och enligt min tro är det vad som krävdes för att jag skulle bli gravid. Så frågan till läkaren, hur kommer det sig att man i Sverige och även Finland är så oerhört försiktiga med mediciner? Kram Annika. If I can explain it in a few words. Yeah. In fresh cycle, ovary has a structure which produces these hormones, estrogen and progesterone. This is remains of the follicles after ovulation, which are called yellow body. And this is the source of estrogen and progesterone in fresh cycle and in pregnancy created in fresh cycle until week 12 when the mother cake, the placenta, takes this function over. The artificial cycle doesn't create an egg, hence there is no remains of the follicles either. There is no internal source of production of estrogen and progesterone. So this has to be taken from outside, both to prepare lining for transfer, but also to maintain this early pregnancy until this early pregnancy has developed its own placenta, which will make the whole hormonal production after week 12. Yeah. And it is very important to have stable levels of this estrogen and progesterone not dependent on falling out of vagina. So we have to use the diversification of entrances for this medication to avoid breakthrough bleeding and early miscarriage caused by only hormonal ups and downs. Yeah. So, so we use oral, transdermal, vaginal and injectable forms so that if woman in her early pregnancy starts throwing up because of pregnancy. She does not have significant reduction of her levels due to losing estrogen tablets uh, because there will be still injectable transdermal vaginal. So our goal is to keep estrogen and progesterone concentrations in the body of pregnant woman as stable as possible to avoid breakthrough bleedings. And then when she is 12 weeks pregnant, it's not necessary anymore. So her pregnancy is as any other pregnancy. So yeah, the pregnancy goes over like to the same as anyone else after week 12. The same yeah. as anyone, yeah. Yeah. But can you answer why do you think that the clinics in Sweden and Finland doesn't understand this or doesn't choose to do the same way as you do? Because there is no money-back programs in uh, European countries, but there are a lot of money-back programs based on live birth guarantee in the United States. So if you ask an American clinic, they all use diverse forms of estrogen and progesterone to reduce premature bleedings. And uh, none of them are saying that vaginal progesterone is as good as injectable. Because the obligations in front of the patient are fulfilled when the baby is born, the same as we are doing. But when the obligation is fulfilled, when embryo transfer is done, then it's another story. Från en annan patient som är, har varit i St. Petersburg på samma klinik. Och hon är nu gravid i vecka 16 och hon har skickat en mängd med superbra frågor. Och dessutom direkt på engelska. Så att vi tar dem på engelska eh, fråga efter fråga. Här kommer den första. So how many of your embryo adoption patients do not achieve successful pregnancies? We have this embryo adoption money back package of four attempts. Yeah. And I cannot think of any patients who went beyond four attempts except for my very dear friend in Norway who had 
absolutely unpromising medical situation in her uterus. So okay. she went beyond four attempts of embryo okay. adoption, but uh, Elena Lapina has still prepared her uterus and she got her baby. And oh, she was already lovely. 51 by the time she got her baby. Yeah. And I am so, so thankful that she finally made it. But as I say, I cannot think of any other woman who went beyond four embryo adoption transfers to have her baby. And average amount of transfers by embryo adoption to live births are less than two. It's just so that you no never one knows. The, so you never had to pay back the, the money back for an embryo adoption package? I cannot remember. I cannot think of this. No. Uh, I, I mean, there was a woman recently where we have paid it back because her mom got sick on cancer. So she said, I have to stop now because yeah. I have now other goals. Yeah. So we have just returned immediately, but that was emergency situation in the family. Yeah. So in so, general, you sort of never give up. You keep on trying until uh, you get pregnant. Or to, a baby, until you get a baby. A baby, yeah. which is not the same. Exactly. And the amount of attempts is very limited. It's just that there are these exclusive, unfortunate women, maybe one in hundred, who have to keep on going a bit longer than others. And we do everything we can to support them, not to let them drop out, because they will make it. It's just that it takes them longer. That's what I'm saying about egg donation and embryo adoption. This is where we control embryonic factor a lot. Yeah. So with own eggs, it is a different story because it depends a lot on egg quality and the age. Uh, so, But when egg and embryo factor are controlled, then it is a very predictable probability of live birth at quite soon, soon timeline. Great. Next question. According to the website Egg Donation Friends, a lot of clinics in Spain have a success rate of 80 to 90 percent compared to your clinic's 64 percent. How do you explain these figures? 80 to 90 clearly sounds unreasonable and it must be differently calculated or something like that. Pregnancy rates can be calculated per transfer and this is the most usual way of calculating pregnancy rates. For example, 40% pregnancy rates means that out of 140 transfers have resulted in pregnancy. Mm. But it is, of course, possible to calculate pregnancy rates per one IVF cycles with three or four transfers mm. so that it is overall success rate of the whole cycle. So it's important to see what definitions has clinic introduced to show success rates. And your 64%, is that live birth rate or is it pregnancy rate? So today our pregnancy rates in egg and embryo donation cycles per transfer are around 70%. Pregnancy rate, not live birth. This is pregnancy rate and live yeah. birth rates is like 55% per transfer. That's why I'm saying it's less than two transfers to live birth. That's great. Let's take the next question. What are the most common reasons for not offering a patient the money back guarantee? Uh, this is everything what may uh, jeopardize women's health and life during pregnancy. For example, kidney insufficiency, uh, serious uh, diabetes, 
any other general health issues which are known to become worse during pregnancy and jeopardize your life. Okay. So that's uh, the most uh, frequent reason, which is luckily not so frequent in 40 or 30 year old women uh, in Scandinavia. Yeah. Please state the main reasons why I should choose your clinic for IVF instead of a clinic in Sweden. Maybe because of this three package with guarantee of live birth within the package, which we can offer to women under 41 or 80% money return if there was no baby born within this three IVF attempt. So it's not offered in Sweden, neither in Europe. Stress and infertility. How are these two connected? So... Um, it is evidently a lot of influence of stress on follicular maturation. This is what we also see in our young healthy egg donors. Excellent donation, number one, excellent donation, number two, and then suddenly very poor donation. And then if we start digging, then it is either something in the family or something wrong with the job or overwork, etc. So definitely stress influences follicular maturation at all, a lot. Uh, yeah. What relates to egg donation cycle, I'm not quite sure because egg production is going somewhere else and uh, the woman is getting all the hormones which are necessary to prepare her lining for implantation. So even we give our patients medicine to relax the smooth muscle cells of the uterus so that additional excitement doesn't cause constructions and embryo is not gone. Yeah. So I would say here, I recommend, of course, everyone to take good care of themselves and to have, you know, good life and treat yourself well when you are in fertility treatment because you are the queen when you are doing fertility treatment. But uh, I would say that when egg is produced somewhere else or is taken from a bank, it is, of, of course, less significance. So that's my personal view on this. Nästa fråga är en fråga som vi har fått eh, på Instagram och det är en person som undrar om eh, när hon inleder sin eh, behandling i Sankt Petersburg, vad är det hon behöver för information från läkarna här i Sverige? Uh, first of all, uh, for, for all patients who would like to consider treatment uh, at our place, uh, we ask to fill in detailed questionnaire about their medical history and make a table of their previous attempts with all the details and we send template how it looks. But also, of course, we need a detailed ultrasound examination report, which would not just say that everything looks so beautiful, but provide us with detailed information about the size of the uterus, whether there are any inclusions in endometrium, whether there are any fibroids, how big the, uh, the ovary are and what the structure of ovaries and ideally with some pictures. Today I just ask my patients when you are lying on the chair take out your iPhone or any other phone and just make 10 photos of the doctor's ultrasound machine screen while yeah. you are there so then it gives uh, quite a good understanding of uh, the results of ultrasound together with detailed doctor's report. Ja, detta blev ju ett väldigt långt och superintensivt och jättefull 
pumpat avsnitt med massa medicinsk information. Så hör gärna av er och berätta vad ni tyckte om det här avsnittet. Jag misstänker att många av er lyssnare har, har svårt att hänga med och svårt att förstå. Men då kan ni kanske vid tillfälle gå tillbaka till det här avsnittet när ni behöver den medicinska expertisen som ni faktiskt har fått i det här avsnittet. Hör av er på info.javlabarn.com och följ oss gärna på Instagram. Vi ses om en vecka. Ni kommer under mars att få träffa flera personer som blivit föräldrar via donatorer och även några som själva har donerat. Och känner du någon som har donerat spermier och kan tänka sig att prata om det så be dem snälla kontakta mig för jag saknar input från spermiedonatorer. Det var det. Hoppas att ni har blivit lite klokare av dagens avsnitt With My Hero. Om ni tänker på mitt dagboksinlägg som jag inledde med. Det är alltså mindre än två år sedan jag träffade Olga första gången. Och då tänkte att det var omöjligt för mig att åka till Ryssland. Och att jag nu har en fem månaders som ligger här i studion och jollrar. Thank you Olga so much for joining me today. And also thank you for giving me a baby. That was the great teamwork. Uh, so I'm very thankful to my team for making this possible. Yes. Um, so come back for a sibling whenever ready. No. We're there for you. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, no. So uh, I would like to thank also a very nice audience for very clever questions. And I feel sorry that we could not answer all of them. But yeah. please uh, check out the recent dates of seminars in uh, Stockholm and other towns in Sweden on our website, olgafertilityclinic.com. So we are coming every month and we are happy to answer the trickiest and the funniest and the most important but also those which you think they are small questions but we know there are no small questions when you are doing fertility treatment exactly couldn't have not have said it better myself thank you Olga thank you so much Sida och hej då alla lyssnare bye bye hej då deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.